Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon. It has been forever since we have actually gone live on Blog Talk Radio, so I want to welcome myself, Cass, back to Football Fan Rush Radio. Definitely want to welcome Mike and Michael back to Football Fan Rush Radio because it's been forever. Happy NFL. Yes, it has. Guys, what's going on? What's going on is I'm ready for multiple Mike's rants. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have a lot to talk about. So thank you to all the fans that are tuning in, whether live or archived. Thanks for sticking it out with us through our little break. So today we're going to kick everything off with the NFC North, as always. And we've actually seen a pretty good start to preseason. While most people don't believe preseason football is really football, when you've had seven months of no football, Any NFL football is like really good football. But we're actually finally getting a look at a second stringer, how the first strings coming together, third stringers, and a lot of the rookies and pickups in the offseason. So we're going to start it off with Mike's favorite team, the Chicago Bears. Mikey there? Which one? Not Michael, but Mike. Mr. Mayfield. Of course I'm here. (laughs) <laughs> we are kicking the preseason, all of the comments, all of the cutler hate, all of the Kevin White drama. We are kicking off our preseason conversation with the Bears. So we'll let you give your point of view first, and then myself and Michael will chime in. Okay. Uh, one of the bigger stories that have come out this week has been Kevin White and his injury saga. Uh, unfortunately, I auto-drafted, and I ended up with Kevin White on my team for my fantasy football league. Uh, (laughs) All I'll say is uh, the tradition that the Bears consistently basically redshirt their good receivers continues. He's going to have a redshirt season, clearly. Even if he's able to come back at the end of the season, I will treat it as a redshirt season. Um, there are some people that didn't believe the the explanation that he basically has shin splints. Whether you believe that or not, a severe version of shin splints is a stretch fracture, a stress fracture of your shin. So it is still believable to me. But uh, it looks like uh, the Bears' uh, hopes to pass the torch to Kevin White is on hold for a year. Now. What I did love in watching the preseason game, the concept of running the ball exists again in Chicago. Running the ball exists. Yay! (laughs) We get to run the ball (laughs) because it's almost like Mark Tressman forgot that concept of a play didn't exist for two years. And I'm a person that was a fan of Mark Tressman in his first season because I didn't blame the defense on him because half the defense was injured. But, uh, in, that second, in, the, in the second season, the defense wasn't so injured, but Mark Tressman put the defense behind that eight ball because he threw the ball every play. And I don't care if you think Jay Cutler is Peyton Manning or if you think he's the second company coming of Cade McNown. <laughs> uh, you can't throw the ball on every play. 
eventually somebody's going to either sack him or intercept the ball, which happened a lot, unfortunately. Which and and that and that was odd because Matt Forte is like one of the top five receivers, a running back. I'm sorry, in the league, so. I didn't like not seeing him utilize for his full potential because he's an excellent back. I mean, he's a he's a he's an excellent back. He's a full he's a four down back, which is rare in the NFL. Exactly, which is days. rare. Yeah. So, what do you think you're going to see out of the offense with John Fox? Um, the Adam Gates John Fox offense is going to consist of run the ball three plays and we might throw it once. And that's what I want to see because whether you like Jay Cutler or not, Jay Cutler's best friend is going to be Matt Forte because if you believe that the Bears might run the ball, Jay Cutler just might have a chance to pass the ball. When you get to pin your – when the offensive line – I mean, excuse me, when the opposing defensive line was able to pin their ears back and rush because they knew the ball was being passed, the secondary of the post opposing team also could could jump the route and intercept on every play if Jay Cutler hadn't been sacked by them. I love that running the ball keeps the defense on their heels so that the chance of survival might actually happen. <laughs> he says <said> survival. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, so my question <laughs> Like the chances of survival. I'm one of the people that actually Jay, is a fan of Jay Cutler. You are. We're going to get to that in a minute because we've already seen. I mean, it's only preseason. They've only played like one game, and just from Twitter to Facebook to Google, so everybody has already gone in on Jay Cutler. I just think that everybody went to the game with like posters, like, why are you here? Like, it, it was it was that bad. So we're definitely going to touch on that next. So you think that we're going to see more of a run game. So that's what you're seeing on the offensive uh, side now. The Bears um, are historically you, known for the defense. So Have you seen John Fox's this? offenses no matter where he is? Whenever John I Fox have. is the head coach, John Fox is the head coach. Uh, it doesn't – I mean, with the exception of having – Peyton Manning behind the uh, center for two seasons. John Fox has not had an excellent uh, an excellent QB. He's had a QB that has looked good. Shoot, John Fox's offense even made Tim Tebow look good for eight games. But even before that, when when John Fox was in Carolina, Jake DeLone looked good because looked good because they were able to run the ball. John Fox believes in running the ball and having a good defense. And is there is that just okay? So let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's Bears talk about the defense. Let's talk about the defense. So and, and there have been a lot of great coaches that have come through Chicago with a great record. Michael, you there? I believe. Can you hear me? Yeah, we've yeah, always we got been able to hear you. You just couldn't hear yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the way I look at it is, I am looking for. I kind of agree with Mike. You know, hopefully that we do have a more balanced attack going forward this year. Um, and hopefully that will free up the Jay Color with the. It's not like here's the one thing about Color. It's not like he can't throw. It's not that he's not talented. What he has lacked, you know, in some in some instances, is just a lot of, in my opinion, the willpower just to go ahead and stick it through. Like even a couple of plays he had on, you know, this this past week, you know, there were plays. One of the plays he got sacked on. I looked at him like, well, if you step up to the hole and step up right there when the, yeah. when the pocket begins to break down and you get out of that, you don't have to stay in the pocket. 
And I think he's so bent on, let me stay in the pocket, let me stay in the pocket and saying, all right, let me go ahead and trust my instincts and trust my talent. And, you know, and use those because that's what you're supposed to be using in football anyway. It, you know, all this, all of game planning and all that stuff means nothing when you step on the field and the whistle blows. You know, at that point, at that time, at that time point, it. I mean, it it does. I mean, it does. You know, I'm not taking away from it, but when it comes down to actually playing, you know, you have to rely on what you what you already know about the game, what you know about yourself, and in order for them to be more prolific and, and to really have a better chance at this year of probably surprising everybody instead of, you know, being the quote unquote dubbed the worst team in NFL. So already, you know, it's going to rely highly on their running game and highly on what Cutler does as a leader, you know, with the tools that he now has, you know. Now we're talking running game and another beside them. You haven't even flipped over to the defense, but another area Besides Cutler and the run game that people focus on, and it almost is slowly starting to come together, is that O line. And just because oh, yeah. I trust that O line. I'm just loving that I mean, the O line exists. <laughs> exactly. So, well, and that's just probably why we're seeing him hang in the pocket a little bit longer. Is he going to be protected? I mean, there's the NFC North from what we've seen in the training camps, the early practices, and even. Um, the preseason openers, a lot of the defenses, and we're definitely going to get to Minnesota and we're going to get to Detroit, these defenses are stacked even on their second and third string. And if that O-line can't hold that for Cutler giving him enough time to make those quick snaps or make the holes for Matt Forte in those handoffs, are we still going to I'm going to be honest. The only same? defense in the NFC North that I'm afraid of for the Bears is Green Bay. Because when it comes to what the O-line needs to do, I am not afraid of Minnesota yet. They will be formidable in about two years. I am not afraid of Detroit because the loss of Ndamukong Sue has taken away some of the scare factor. And that's, 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 just and that's what I want to talk about. Don't, don't take them for granted. I saw some amazing – I saw on, on both sides of the ball, we'll get to Detroit, but – don't take him for granted just because Indominus is gone. He was an excellent piece for Detroit, but I know he was. I mean, like, they have a lot of talent, but when it comes to defense, half of uh, the ball game is the scare factor. Are you afraid of them? I just don't feel like the Bears have anything to be quote unquote afraid of. Don't get me wrong. Yes, they need to respect them, but be afraid of them is two different things to me. Right, and I'm not saying like fear in that sense, but definitely they, they I don't think the Bears this season at all can take anything lightly. And I agree with a few of the analysts that were speaking Jay Cutler this week. Jay, you know, this is a season that he actually has everything to lose. He really has to come out and be a leader of that team. And with this with that being said, speaking on Jay Cutler, there was a fan poll that came out earlier this week. I did have it on the football fan rush Twitter. It came from Panthers Lair. I also put it on our Facebook page under Football Fan Rush Radio, and I was surprised to see the votes from the fans. And it was a simple fan poll of should Clawson, who is now a Chicago Bears backup starting, backup quarterback. I can be a backup starter. For right, Jay Cutler. And, and hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And I was surprised to see that it, the poll ended up with almost 90% of fans that voted during the, the preseason game that the Bears did play, 
they actually chose Clausen as a starter. So hold on, Mike. Michael, I know you did. You got to see the poll because it was up on, on both. And I was really, really shocked. So, Michael, like, what do you think when it comes to color? Because Mike has a nice rant about it. And I do agree with mm-hmm. his rant. But just it was amazing to see so many fans vote, you know, that they would rather see a Clausen start like a are the Bears fans like just totally over Cutler? Like they just refuse to give him a chance again? Like, what? And from your opinion, what's going on? Well, I, I think at this point, you know, people are just really tired of it. Um, they, most most will feel that he's probably been given the opportunity over the past few seasons to show what he could do. He definitely has a paycheck worth it, you know. But even with all the money in the world, there's still no championship here. There's still no Super Bowl championship here. You know, and and to put all this money behind him, who had behind a person who hasn't really proven himself as of yet, everybody's willing to give the new person a chance. I mean, why not? Because you know, and and, and you can't really blame you can't really blame the fans for feeling this way, because the fans are hungry for a championship. They're tired of being, you know, you know, being in the bottom rung of the NFC North. They're tired of being in the bottom rung of the you know NFL when it, you know when it comes to the season as a whole, that they want to see changes. So for them, it's just as important for Clawson to have the opportunity as it, if, as it is for Cutler to have the opportunity, if not more so, because they want to see something different. They want a new fresh start, and if they feel like Clawson yeah. is the person for them, that's what they're going to push for. Now, when it comes to you, Mike, the one thing that you were saying, because you were in, you're on the, on the opposite side of – how a lot of fans are feeling. And one of the things that you did touch on this morning when we got to talk in the morning meeting was we definitely know Cutler's going to start. There's no question about him starting. The poll was more of who would you rather see start, but we know Cutler's starting. But at the same time, Mike, I know you feel totally different about Cutler, his past stats, um, what he has done, the reasons you feel he hasn't performed, and why you feel he's the best person for the start and to carry the Bears through the regular season. So I want some of the fans to hear how you think about Cutler. Well, first off, let me start off by saying I'm not surprised the fans uh, voted this way in the poll. And the reason is, in Chicago, the most popular player on the Bears team is always the second-string quarterback. That just is, is how it's been for the last 60 to 100 years. So we need to get over that. Secondly, while I'm not going to say that Jay Cutler hasn't had his flaws, because he has, I am going to say if you are any football fan, where would you put Jay Cutler as far as being rank him as being the best quarterback in the NFL? Most people would put him anywhere between number 15 to number 20. Most people. Me personally, I probably would. Yeah, say I'm not most people. Probably I, I I wouldn't, but okay. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. I'm just gonna say most. I'm not, I know you're not most, but most will put him somewhere between 15 and 20. Me personally, I put him at around 16 or 17. And then there's the Jamie Clausen. I mean, the Jimmy Clausen uh factor. Where would you rank him as far as being best quarterback in the NFL? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Jimmy Clausen cracks. 51. So when it comes to being a better quarterback, no matter how much you like or dislike Jay Cutler, 
I am not going to put someone that I wouldn't crack the top 50 when I'm going to have Jay Cutler being in the top 20. That's one but thing. There have been qu- thing but there have been quarterbacks that don't, you know, that don't rank high based on what's on paper and and I, come in and they fit into a system and the system works, it works amazing. We have also but Trent Dilfer, Trent Dilfer is an excellent, Trent Dilfer is an excellent proof of that. Trent Dilfer won a, won a, uh, Super Bowl ring, and he wasn't a good quarterback. I'm not going to say it can't happen. I'm just saying that if I'm picking, I'm choosing Jay Cutler. But I would also add uh, that as much as we in Chicago condemn Jay Cutler, it is preferred by me that we look a little closer. Um, For example, if we look at Jay Cutler, why he sacked so much? Well, we already addressed it in the earlier part of the conversation. Um, is it just me or the Bears didn't run the ball for two years? Another thing is, people always talk about what has Jay Cutler done. Jay Cutler did bring the Bears to the NFC Championship in the 2010 season. And then uh, many people forget the season following that. People have asked the question. I'm just answering the question. People have also said, when has he ever been a good QB other than that um, on the Bears? He was having an MVP season before he had to get surgery on his hand the following season. Now, I'm, when you go, what has he done for me lately? Uh, and that's basically what you were getting at saying it's 2015 now. If you just put it all on Jay Cutler, yeah, that's the easiest thing to do. I'm not going to say Jay Cutler shouldn't accept some of the blame. I'm just one of the people that won't put the lion's share of the blame on him. Yes, he should probably have somewhere between 35 and 40% of the blame. I'm not putting more than that on him. And I I can agree with you on that. Yeah, he does. He, I mean, I can agree with you with that because you know it, it's a team sport, and if you don't, you know, if you don't have what you need to in order to support your quarterback, such as a strong, you know, O line, if you don't have that, definitely you can't pass the ball, nor can you run the ball because you can't get hole, holes made and you can't protect the quarterback. You know, so I definitely I, you know, what I'm saying, so, so, I, and I agree with you. You know, as, I agree with you as far as saying, you know, where he would possibly be right. Because it's not like he doesn't have the stats, you know. But stats aside, you know, when it really comes down to it, the quarterback is the leader of the team. So the brunt of the responsibility is going to fall on him because that's what they're going to look at. They ain't looking at the O-lineman who might you know, the O-lineman who made the missus block. He's going to get one or two minutes of camera time. But mm-hmm. you're the quarterback – or you're the running back, or you're the wide receiver, you know, or you're the kill, or the cornerback who misses missed a um, key tackle, or you're the linebacker who missed a key tackle. Those are the people. The skill positions are the people that get looked at. They are the ones okay. who are in front of the camera. They are the ones who are getting interviewed time in and time again. So, but as as a whole, yeah, I definitely agree with you. As a whole, the entire team needs to step up. It's not just his responsibility. If the O line is not there, and if the, you know, and they don't have the personnel, that goes back to the front office because they didn't they didn't recruit right. They didn't draft another, right. So, you know, they didn't trade right. So, we can't like we 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 didn't we have turned this into a very show. An- another thing that I have heard. Yeah. 
another thing that I hear a lot of people talk about with Jay Cutler is his lack of leadership. And one of the biggest things that they don't like about Jay Cutler is his arrogance. It is my opinion that sometimes when people say you need to be less arrogant, I actually go in the other direction in Jay Cutler's case. Him drawing back on his arrogance to me has actually probably taken away from his game. He needs to go back to the extreme jerk, beyond likable end of the spectrum and be his most arrogant person. Well, Just like I think, said, Mike, no, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's what he is now. He's, but he no, but see, I think that he needs to take that jerk, and, and if that's the jerk that he wants in his personal life, that's cool. But when you're trying to communicate. In the locker room, and with oh, no, I'm not saying he doesn't that respect. Be, he doesn't That's not need the to be better communicator. His, his, right. I mean, you've got you get you get arrogance from Peyton Manning, you get arrogance from from Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, they command a sense of respect. And listen to me, guys, we're going out here, we're doing this. This is what's going on. That's not what the team the team is in jail in that moment. You know, it comes to Jay Cutler most of the time, and so that's what's causing the disconnect. So it's a, it's a more of a lack of days ago. Hey, I came, I did my part. You run where you're supposed to be. Oh well, and that no, you can't have that attitude. But since we're on quarterbacks, we do have to make a switch. Oh wait a minute, but since we're quarterbacks, I do want to I do want to talk about something on one thing that is not really about the Bears, but I think is and I but I have brought it up in relation to the Bears, and this is something that Cass has often touched on. The Bears need to learn to develop their players. There's a stat I heard this morning that I thought was the most beautiful stat in the world of the number one team that I choose to hate, and that's the Green Bay Packers. And I wish the Bears would have, have this stat. The Packers only have three players on their entire roster that have ever taken a snap from another team other than the Packers. And that is John Kuhn that played one season – for uh, for Pittsburgh, that is Julius Peppers, and one other player that I can't think of at the immediate moment. The next closest in that stat is 16 players, but the average is 30 to 40 players that have taken a snap for another team. The best thing about Green Bay is. Uh, is a stat that I will compare to the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball or the Boston Red Sox in baseball. They draft and develop. I'm sick of trying to patchwork teams together, even if I was not a fan of the Bears. All these teams that try to build teams through patchwork, it's not, they're not going to be successful. Draft and develop. My favorite stat that I heard about the St. Louis Cardinals just from baseball this week, was the St. Louis Cardinals drafted a shortstop and a catcher. They weren't that great at shortstop and catcher, and they turned them into pitchers. Learn how to draft, learn how to learn your players, and develop them, and that should go across the board for any team. And that thing, I hate the fact that I have to give the Packers props on anything, but I have to. And it's sad because that was what the Bears have changed GMs and, and done so many things for, to be able to draft in that manner and to put together a team to have those type of stats. So we're going to see how it goes now that the Fox era is starting. But back to quarterbacks. There was, and you know, we're going to try now to fit in a few of the controversial topics that have happened over the last week and a half in the NFL. But the Lions, the next team that um, 
getting a pretty good look. A lot of people were going to put them at the bottom of the NFC North, sort of changing their views. They had a really good training camp. Amazing workouts. I mean, their second and third stream came out preseason. The way we saw them about three years ago when we actually had faith in the Lions and we lost that really, really quick. But they're sort of getting that stigma back. Yeah, we, we did. They they bamboozled us. We got past it. So they actually opened their preseason. Now, let me correct they against the Jets. They opened they their preseason against the Jets. And speaking of the Jets, the Jets actually had to start their preseason without Geno Smith, who was allegedly sucker punched. I don't believe that. I've seen a sucker punch. So you don't break jobs in a sucker punch unless you tripped and fell on somebody's fist. But, you know, moving mm, exactly. right <laughs> Well, let me clear this thing no. up. That wasn't a sucker punch. I think he never through the first punch. That was not a sucker punch. There's a difference between the it first punch been, and If the that was punch. the first punch, it definitely wasn't going to be a second. Yeah, it was a ding, ding, game over. Man down. And no, I agree with that. It was the first and last punch. But the concept of a sucker punch, is, in my opinion, is completely different. Sucker punch is your back is turned, you tap them on the shoulder and throw it, or you just throw it without tapping them on the shoulder. They were face-to-face, and he threw a punch. It might have been unexpected. It might have been unexpected punch. Yes, it was unexpected, but an unexpected punch or first punch is different than a sucker punch in my eyes. Yeah. And so, and this did have this. So, yeah, this, and it did. You know, it happened in the locker room. Of course, he was immediately released from the. Well, Gino went to have surgery on his jaw, and a lot of people thought it was really cute to put up Kanye through the wire name. And when oh. a person, a couple fans, <laughs> found out that I'm um, sorry, <laughs> a couple fans also found out I didn't that, see that one. possibly had some pussy. Yeah, they went in that day for a couple hours. But there's uh, potential that he could return for the end of the season. And a couple fans were like, oh, no, oh, my God, somebody hit him again. So, obviously, there is not a, a love for Geno Smith coming out of New York. And so the Lions were actually able to capitalize and take advantage of that. But just in – because Brian Fitzpatrick, who's the backup, just kind of looked a little Geno Smithish in that uh, preseason opener. It, it, it was not the best. I know a ton of people also hit Twitter with the whole, please go get Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick was like, oh, I hope little brother gets better. Sorry to hear that. Like, there was no indication that he was coming back. So that being said, um, the Lions actually do look pretty good. You can tell that this offseason, they are taking the game a lot more serious. They're they're coming together. What's being built or rebuilt in the house of Forfield is actually gelling together. The defense made quite a few key stops. The offense looks amazing. Matt Stafford's passes, the hang time that O-line gave him to hit off Golden Tate, I mean, it, it was some of those touchdowns were, were amazing. You almost had to stop and be like, yeah, this is only preseason, right? Is really coming together. Matt Stafford's rhythm with his receivers and, and his handoffs to his back, it looks really good. So the O-line was really good. I think, and the reason that I say that they may be competition for the Bears is for 
that reason, I watched them make holes. I watched them give Stafford enough time to actually air the ball out. Now, granted, it is preseason, and it was up against the Jets, which are going through a very weird transition, including losing their their starting quarterback, and so they had to work with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But still, overall, it was basically like open season on on the Jets. So I think they're going to fight their way back up to try to regain at least the number two spot in the NFC North. I don't know if either one of you guys had a chance to see the game, but I watched it all the way through. I got a little faith in the Lions. I don't have more faith in them over my Vikings, but I have some faith in the Lions. I think this is going to be a battle this year in the NFC North, but we're normally accustomed to seeing. Well, I can honestly say I did not get a chance to see the game. Um, I don't know what I was doing at that time, to be quite honest with you about that, too. But what I will say is that, you know, unfortunately for the Jets, you know, they're dealing with, you know, locker room controversy that has ended them starting out their season without their quarterback. Um, Obviously, that's probably something they they don't wish to do. And I will kind of lend that towards, you but knowing that, you know, knowing the history of uh, what the Detroit Lions have done over the past couple of seasons, you know, I'm not really surprised that they're getting to the point to where they're starting to really gel and really start to come together, even without Ndamukongsu, um on the other side of the ball. Um, when it really comes down to it, let's be honest, you know, what you're really expecting is for your offense to score all your points, your defense to not really have to do any scoring. You know, they just have to stop the other opponent. So I believe that if Detroit does what they did last year, we're probably looking at a very, very close, you know, run to NFC for the title spot, which I think would be exciting. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Okay. Now that you all have given your opinions, let me oh, give mine. Go right ahead, Mike. The Green Bay Packers, unfortunately, have been the cream of the crop in this in this division. So, I feel like you can put the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions team names in a hat and pull their names for two, three, and four. I literally feel the same thing can happen again this season. I don't. You know what? The I only don't, I don't, the I don't only know thing about the the only thing about the Lions is. They consistently start off doing good. The question for the Lions is, will they go 8-8 eight and eight, or will they go 11-3? and three? And to me, that is the only question for the Lions. Will they stay consistent? When it comes to the Bears, the Bears could go 2-14 and 14, or they could go 9-7. and seven. We won't know. With... <laughs> And with the Vikings, the Adrian Peterson factor is going to swing favorably in Teddy Bridgewater's direction. Yeah, yeah, the AP effect. We're going to talk about that. I just think if he stands on the sidelines. And like I said, I believe you can put two, three, and four in a hat and just pull for names. I don't, you know what? I think it's a a, a I'm I'm. I think it's kind of a toss-up. We know that Green Bay has been the cream of the crop in the NFC North. You know, they, they take it. They, you know, the Bears and the, the Vikings from time to time get to ruffle their feathers. And Detroit almost gave them a ball for their money. They're very complete. Um, everything that Mike McCarthy does, Don Papers, they're very complete, solid teams. 
and they keep their teams together and are very serious about how they play, but that doesn't mean that you, know, you shouldn't look out for Detroit. I do personally believe with the exception of the QB position, with the exception of the QB position, Detroit has the most talented team in the NFC North. Their talent has never been questioned. Once it's again, their they discipline do. that we have it's their discipline that we question. So I'm not questioning Detroit's talent. They just haven't shown me that they can stay consistent and be disciplined. They've always I, and I think consistently that's what had a good talent. I think we're going to see that. So, Detroit fans, don't give up. I got a little faith in Detroit. I actually think uh, we're going to see a, a very serious team. I really think the offense has finally come together and put the glue on any openings. That The only thing that would affect that offense are major injuries. Matt Stafford came out throwing like he went to Peyton Manning, like off-season QB camp or something. Like, it was it was amazing to see. Um, he had control of the team. I'm, I'm serious. Like, he had control of the team. And, again, granted, it was the Jets, but you have to take advantage of, of every – when you can take advantage of – you know, you hate to kick a man when they're down, but, I mean, you know, it's competition. And they took complete advantage of that. And, you know, that the Jets are probably a little disheveled. Like, a lot of things just happened. They had tons of media attention. They got the man in there, you know, with wires in his job. They lost a teammate who was immediately picked up, which is going to – we'll be talking about something at that issue in a minute – but I don't think that we should be sleep on the Lions. And definitely, that's my favorite team. Everyone knows, goal was on everything in my life. I'm a diehard Vikings fan. That's another team that um, the NFL world believes the AP effect is to actually catapult them to the playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater, second year QB, was the Pepsi QB rookie of the year. The end of the season, from the midseason to the end of the season last year, he really, his game really changed. He really, really stepped up and became borderline stellar. Same thing that we've seen so far in the Hall of Fame game um, that we got to see last night when they played. Teddy's game has really come together. So there's nothing better than to have arguably the best, if not one of the best running backs in the game back on your side. I mean, everyone knows Adrian Peterson is a workhorse. He's a train. He will trust through anything. I know what they call beast mode. I know what they call Eddie Lacy, but I've never seen somebody, unless it was a fire, have like 26 people on their back and they're still trying to run the touchdown in after having like major deconstructive surgery. Like it's, it's nuts. But that AP effect, I think, has just helped the team overall in general. I like what the defense is doing. I absolutely love the coach. The coach plays no games when it comes to the Vikings. They had a terrible practice the other day. And he shut it down. He, that's not going to be a representation of him and what he is putting out on the field and his name and his legacy and his history. They know their coach is serious. I they was cracking up. They produce for their coach, or he, or he gets you out of there. And he doesn't care what your name is. He doesn't care how many trophies are at your mom's house, how many medals you got for jumping off buildings. You're going to come and in he and shouldn't. You're perform. And, 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 he, and that he shouldn't. He shouldn't, Michael. You and I was cracking right. up because with. It showed me what, how badly that game had to be. Because Mike, you've played college football, and we've had we know players that have played pro football. One thing is, coaches usually don't end practice from a few people that are lackadaisical. They usually take the attitude, okay, you want to play like this? I'm gonna make you run, or I'm a, or I'm not gonna call your number, or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that. So exactly. for him to shut down practice shows how badly. Horrible. 
practice how badly it practice was. It was horrible. It was horrible. You know, I mean, I've I've been like you said, like you just mentioned. You know, I played college ball, so you know, I've seen coaches be like, "Yeah, this is not working today for you all." Obviously, so why don't you all go home and think about it? Because it's not working. Yeah, I don't think those were the words that came out of his mouth. That was yeah, I'm pretty sure it worked. He was, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was a lot nicer I about think it. Think that's what he was insinuating. <laughs> but uh. and I'm and I'm pair and I'm being nice. I'm being nice about it, you know, from the way we were taught to in, in college. You know, um, it's, there's there's no niceties in it. You know, we're all grown men as the way they see it, and they talk to you with however they choose to talk to you. You know. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a couple of, um, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 expletives he used, you know, to address mm-hmm. a couple of circumstances that were making like him very unhappy at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, 15? <laughs> 15, I'm being generous. I'm being generous. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's true. You know, it's but sometimes. You know, but sometimes it calls for that. You know, sometimes you have to like really give people the reality check and be like, hey, you know, the, the reality mm-hmm. is there are people who want to be in your position. And yes, you're getting paid a lot of money to be here. You should be thankful for it. But don't come out here and look like crap because that's embarrassing to me and you. You're a professional. Exactly. Even though they did, they, they did good in the Hall of Fame game. You know, that was their preseason debut. They played against Tampa um, last night, second preseason game. And um, the famous Jameis Winston from Florida State. You know, everybody in my life is Florida, FSU, Knowles Nation, stand up. Um, and so I was really anxious to see this game. I did not think that Jameis Winston was going to come out and be overly stellar. I didn't think that he was going to come out and play some magical game with cherry dust on everyone and, you know, take it back to the college days. I knew he was going to have some struggles. The pace of the game is totally different. The speed of the, the, the of how the players will run, it, it, it's an adjustment point. He didn't look bad. He actually got a third. He got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yay, preseason. Don't know if the old line keeps looking like that, if he will get one in the regular season. And, again, the Vikings were able to capitalize on him. To be honest, the score ended up 26-16. to 16. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really like a, a like the WWE SmackDown, I just think it's very end of the game. It was this <laughs> exhibition game. The Vikings were like, why hurt anybody? Let's just go sit down and drink water. So it, it wasn't, it was really, it wasn't bad. It was nice to see Jameis pull it together, but he's, he's definitely got some work to do. And, you know, the Vikings, you know, well, he's still working I mean, on well, quarterback he's, Trey Wayne. He's a typical mm-hmm. rookie, you know. He's like, you know, um, I mean, not not that we haven't seen rookies who have who have come through the league who haven't just been spectacular their first you know first year too, you know. But the thing I. is, Randy like Moss. Said, right, exactly. You know, but he's but here you have you know someone who has somewhat of a controversial year you know last year in college. He did. And he's you know he's transferring to being a professional. You know, so the days and the tactics that he was so accustomed to being able to get away with you know, they aren't going to work here. He's going to have to really bunker, you know, bunker down and, and get yeah, an adjustment totally to the game and to the speed because work. it's not the same. You know, it's it's not the same. Right. You know, um, it's like, I, you know, I would tell people, I said, the difference between the speed of games changes as you get older. You know, when, when you're in grade school, it seems fast because, you know, everybody at that age is, you know, we're all the same age and we're all fast. But, you know, even as a kid, when you look at the high school level, they're faster. And as it goes up, it gets faster. So it's no different 
transitioning from college to, you know, to the NFL. It's a totally different game. It's probably about, people get a you know, check for that in the NFL, and that's like you got people fighting for roster spots, fighting to stay on the team, and fighting to just completely make the regular season roster. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm you know you 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 gonna get set like a lot harder than you thought at Florida State. Cause, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, so but you know, everybody, everybody. And like I said, I, I still stand by what I said last year. I like Teddy Bridgewater. He did. He did. I think what he's going to do with, you know, especially if anyone with AP back this year, he's going to have that leadership from the backfield that's going to make him be a lot mm-hmm. more confident to run the game and his passing game. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't write off. I'm not writing off for Minnesota for you know for that top spot either. You know, it's just they get every if everything rolls away, you know. People would hope it they it goes for all of their teams. You know, we could see a real exciting year in the NFC, in the NFC North, and that's what I'm hoping for. We I want. We could. You know, we could. Yeah. A lot of competition. I, I mean, I'm like Bridgewater. What are you saying, Mike? I think, I think we're still proving my point that we can put the names in the hat. <laughs> We probably could. You are talking about. We're talking about Detroit because Brian We're talking about. The Vikings could surprise us, and I still believe the Bears could surprise us. All that proves to me is we can put the names in a hat. And I think this is what we've been waiting for again out of the NFC North. You don't just want to open your division and be like, yeah, you guys are just here to play football. Like, suit up this Sunday. Like, you you want to see not only the competition within the division, but you really want to be able – and that makes it – exciting so when there are the division matchups it's like they're pulling out all the stops because exactly i gotta you know. see a game or two ahead of you because i'm fighting for that number one spot so you know i mean bridgewater you know. went out of course he's making his preseason debuts and he was seven for eight for 86 yards to finally have a backup that i i'm happy with in minnesota sean hill eight for nine for 104 yards i mean we're seeing Cordero Patterson finally get back in his big boy wide receiver pants. Don't know what happened for a minute, but you know he's coming back. Adam Thielen is back. I mean, every the both quarterbacks made sure that just about every receiver, if nothing else, touched the ball twice. Um, it was hard to see Phil Loho go down. Phil Loho's a boy on the O line. Did he just stop? So he's like a, a he's like a brick wall. May have a torn Achilles. Achilles, from what I've been told in the research that I've been doing, that's pretty bad because he's a powerhouse. But then you put the second stringer in, he stepped up. First snap, he was a little iffy, but he stepped right up, got right in position. So that's another defense that you got a lot of veterans on there. you got a lot of big guys, and Zimmer has done everything he could to fix that cornerback position, and it's looking really, really good. So I agree with putting the names in that. I yeah, let's toss it up. I mean, that's and in the best way, and that's how we really want it. We want to be as fans, you know, of uh, any of our respective teams. We we want the competition so high that you can't help but toss it up. You got to be able to like. We don't know who it's going to be this week. You know, it might be the Bears ahead right. this week. It might be Green Bay, and that makes for great football. And that makes for a great season because who um, wants to spend the whole year like, okay, Green Bay going to take it all because all the other teams suck. Nobody want to deal with that. Exactly. That's just 
I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it makes it so unlike uneventful. And you want to, you rather do something else with your Sunday? You know, I want to be able to sit right. down this so this, this is, season this is, in front of, uh, right? You know, I want to sit down in front of TV this season or wherever we we we're at, and you know, and be like, every game I'm watching is excited game, is an exciting game, and it's, it's unpredictable because the competition is so high, because the competition is so great, because everybody is playing at such a high level, you know, that you can't help but sit there and watch through all the games because there are no blowouts. Everything, every game is a close game, and it's down tooth and nail. You know, whether it be, you know, a uh, uh, league game or whether it be, you know, out of league game, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. That's what I'm hoping to see across the league just as in general, but especially in the NFL. Yeah, in general. Definitely. And, of course, Green Bay, you don't even have to go into that much. Just about the whole world saw the game. They opened their preseason against New England. Tom Brady had a brief showing. Yeah. He went out there like the pageant girl. He waved his hands. He threw a ball. It was actually the right, you know, it was inflated correctly. And then he was out of the game. I think they left Aaron Rodgers in there too long because New England Patriots like clobbered. They were like going for blood. And I was like, yo, they know this exhibition game, right? Somebody take that man out of there before his season is over. So they, they went at them pretty hard because the defense was, was showing what they had. But it still ended up, you know, not much of a contest. 22 to 11, the Packers took it. So the NFC North opened with a pretty good showing as far as um, preseason goals with who they picked up, getting a nice run through an exhibition game for the first string. So, you know, it's a pretty good start. So it's letting us know that there is competition. And like you just said, Michael, because competition's high. Like Mike said, we're going to have to, so far from what we see, put all the names in the hat. Now, there are more controversial um, topics that we definitely want to cover because we don't touch on everything. But the first thing since we're on the Packers is there is now a new rule when it comes to kicking a field goal. And it actually to me. Okay, let me let me grab this one. I'm, I'm cutting you off. I'm taking over this. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to explain what it was. So I'm taking this one. Mike, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. All right. The the part of the rule where you have to decide if you're going to kick the extra point for the PAT or point after touchdown, however you want to call it, you got to decide if you want to kick or if you want to go for a two point conversion. If you decide to kick, I forget the exact number where you have to kick from, but if you decide to kick, it ends up being a 33-yard field goal. So uh, that also makes it uh, more likely 33-yard field goals are more likely to get blocked as opposed to the previous 15-yard field goal is what it used to be for the point after touchdown. So uh, there's a chance for it to be blocked much more often, and some people may go more for a two-point conversion. Now, here's where my rant begins. Aaron Rodgers had the nerve and audacity to say he doesn't like the new rule because of uh, safety of the league. That touches more on the fact that now the point after touchdown and the two-point conversion is similar to the college football rules that I have always loved the ball is still live. If the ball is if the football is blocked on a PAT, the the opposing team can run it back for a two point conversion. And the previous time if the ball was fumbled or intercepted on a on a two point conversion, ball was dead. Now that can be run back for a, a two point conversion for the opposing team. 
with Aaron Rodgers saying that the safety of the league is jeopardized with that, he needs to get over it. This is football. And then, and then just, just, just to put the quote out. So Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. This is football. He needs to get over it. Uh, there has been a person that has brought something up, which I do believe this person is really what it is. Aaron Rodgers chose to call it safety of the league, but what it is more likely to have been the case is it's not to the advantage of your Chicago's, your Green Bay's, and other teams in cold markets because of the wind swirling during that time period. It's harder to kick a ball, and it's more likely to cause, cause problems. Yes, it will be safety issues because on any football play when the ball changes hands on a touchdown or a fumble or even a, a, a blocked field goal, chaos happens, and during chaos there's room for injury. But claiming safety of the league, this is football. If you're worried about safety, you're in the wrong sport. That's my rant on that situation, and I had to go there. Okay. Well, okay, we went there. But Aaron Rodgers' um, exact quote, though, was um, he stated that I think it goes against the league's stance on player safety. It's now become a very important play, especially in the wintertime in Green Bay when no field is guaranteed. Rodgers also says it doesn't just go for Green Bay. It's any place that is cold or has rain or inclement weather during the season. Going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting decision. Do you go for the two pointer from the two, or do you go for a thirty-three yard field goal? Or, or even so, anymore. or even at the end of the game, because it's a live ball, do you decide forget it? I don't want either. I'm going to kneel down, and the six point play is going to become very important too, as opposed to going for the extra point. Because the ball so is so basically live. he. <clears throat> He does end his quote. Basically, he's, his, his concern, once again, is where they play. Same thing on the East Coast. Probably raised a few eyebrows. But he, his whole thing is he just likes the one-pointer from where it was, simply because while this does make the game more exciting, he's just worried about some of those games that we've seen when I couldn't even watch the Vikings play on the East Coast. I think they were they playing Philly. But it wasn't that it was a camera issue. It was so much snow and ice and, and wind that the plays were stopped so many times because, I mean, it, it just it wasn't doable. It was a blizzard going on. And so that that's his concern when you have inclement weather. Is this, and I, it's exciting I for the game that. overall, but in, in those situations, like, is it more of a hazard to try to kick a 33-yard field goal? Like, he doesn't care about somebody batting it down. That happens. It's football. He knows that happens. He understands it's a live ball, and whatever happens at that point happens, or you line up and go for the two. But when you have um, cold-weather market teams that deal with live blizzards and rainstorms and, you know, uh, or the fog bowl in Chicago. And and, right. What happens then? So he just felt because of those things, it, it's unfair just across the board because teams are playing domes or never even see inclement weather for them. Yeah, this is going to be great for you guys. But the Midwest to the East Coast, he's like, this is going to be a freaking disaster. This has these feels. And it's just, you know, I don't think it should change. If it does become a disaster, we know the NFLPA will be on top of the NFL to get it changed. But I'm all for it. I'm, 
I thought they were making the now, NFL a little bit softer than I like to see it. So I'm for it. I'm, I'm okay. Well, I think that I'm it will also add a little, little, you know, it gives you a choice. And so it definitely adds a lot more to the game in that fashion as far as, like, like it's like we said before, you know, which one do I want to do? And if it's estimate weather, obviously the two points is not going to hurt you if you're winning. You know, whereas if, you are, if you're behind, you know, then you have to make that decision. Do I really want to kick this ball and the snow is coming down on my head like it's about to just cover me? You know, so it, it's going to – it in that aspect, I think that – the rule is a good rule because it's it's definitely changing the game up where it's not so mundane the same way it's always been the same way. So you can't you well, gotta do something, you know, they have to do something in, in create in creating these new happenstances, if you will, in order to make the game a little bit more interesting. You know, so now one of the things one of the things that I felt about it is I like the, the fact that the ball is still a live ball of it, but I did yeah. not like I love the, I love the live ball aspect of it, but I've always been one of the people that believed the the moving the point after touch play backwards. It's basically telling the team what you're going for. The gamesmanship of running a fake play when you said you were going to kick it, but you ran a fake. It is not there anymore. Now you can still run a fake from from the twenty yard line, aka thirty three yard field goal. You can still run a fake, but running it in from the two-yard line as opposed to running it in from a fake 20 yards back is different. And that's where I didn't want them to move the ball back. I love the change, change of the rule where they make it live. But I, the, one of the aspects of gamesmanship with head coaches and special teams coaches is when do we run this fake play? Well, they have almost they've almost gotten rid of the fake play, in my opinion, on that. Because you are basically well, I'll say this. Um, I'm and and we we're gonna. I know we have to move on to the next point. I'm gonna say this. I I um now see what kickers are being paid. I'm all for the rule because to get that much money, you know now, and some of the guaranteed money. Yeah, you better you better say not be upright from 33 yards back. Say it again. Yeah, I, I'm. Say it again. <laughs> Look, you get so the uh, next the, topic. It, 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 yeah, they, go ahead. You, gotta, you can't kick it from 33 yards. You go home. So there's something wrong. Let somebody else do it. Yeah. So the next topic um, is Ray Rice being picked up by a team. Of course, Ray Rice was the center um, last season of the domestic violence issue with his then girlfriend, now wife, Janae. Um, he was released from the Ravens. But a, a lot of people felt like it's blown over, it's happened, he's gone to counseling for this, as well as anger management, quite a few other things. He sees the error in his ways, and so now he's worked out, and he, he says he's football ready. Why isn't his phone ringing off the hook to be picked up by a team? I personally agree with a few of the articles that I've seen via Bleacher Report, SB Nation, a few of the commentators and analysts on NFL Network and various other networks, I think it has more to do with the attitude he had and the play and the type of season he had in 2013. It, it was a little bit ridiculous. And um, I don't think with all the talent that's coming out of college that the teams want the PR hassle of him as a whole. Now, that's not to say he hasn't changed because he's now seen the error of his wins, the type of attitude that he had, the type of play that he had, but 
is he worth the gamble to pick him up? Because this is we're not talking domestic, but that's over, that's done, case closed. He's a happily married man. He did what he had to do on that. So just just throw the domestic violence. Yeah, out this of is this is about this is about productivity. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm so, going. This is about can he put the numbers that. up? I'm going to attack that because one of the things I won't I won't disagree with you. Last time he was on the field, he was barely averaging 3.1 yards a play. I will agree with that aspect of it. He wasn't a great he wasn't a great running back at the end of his uh, last time on being on the field. But one of the things that I do believe his his PR hit is has affected his ability to get on the field because one of the things that you're not going to tell me when Houston lost Arian Foster and they chose to bring in Pierre Thomas over Ray Rice just on a talent level. If if no no domestic violence issues happen, that you're picking Pierre Thomas over Ray Rice. I'm not trying to hear that. And I think that's because teams, he, he he but but Pierre Thomas is not a locker room team that's just like ticking time bomb. And you're only as good as your no, last we, game, we said, your last we appearance. Said football. Last we didn't say locker room. We didn't say locker but room. But just, just overall, when you when you disrupt that, that's that's why T.O. got like moved around the class you seen. That's why Randy Moss that was like, yeah, this ain't really working out for you here. Go over there. And I don't think right now with all the talent that's coming out of college and with a lot and free agency has been crazy the last two seasons, is that a gamble you want to take? If if well, is I mean, he, you, have, worth, you have to look. Is he worth the gamble for a long-term contract? No. Is he worth no. the gamble for one season? Probably. And that's my point. That probably comes with a lot of ifs. That's the issue because of his not – because he's been non-productive. You know, at one point you're one of the most highly touted backs in the game, and next, in the next point everybody's looking at you like you can't run the ball. What's the issue? Right. Now, right. That's, different if you, that's different if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, well, did he have an O-line or did he have – was it the back, what's the court, what was the quarterback situation? You know, those type of things. But when you're looking at it just like, all right, man, these are your stats and you really want me to take a, take a run on you, okay, I, I would be just because, just because it's Ray Rice. I would simply say, uh, and and let me let me let me jump in there for all those that are listening to the show live and um that are are going to archive the show. Our show live is wrapping up now, but we are going to continue for another thirty minutes. So when you click on the link, you'll be able to hear how we continue to go in to talk about Ray Rice and even touch on the Michael Sam situation. So thank you for those that are listening live, and our show is going to continue podcast version through Football Fan Rush Radio. Download it. Find us on TuneIn Radio. Check out the show and the extended show that was on air. We're going to keep it moving on Ray Rice. Thank you guys for tuning in live. So, Michael, back to you on Ray Rice. So, do you feel as though it's – is that the the issue? Is it that the fact that um, he just was not productive? Well, you know, I think if you take if you take that into consideration, oh, you were asking Mike, you're asking me. <laughs> I'm asking you, you Michael. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Um, I think if you take into consideration that you know, like you said, controversy aside, who cares? He's that's taken care of. What he's getting played to do is be on the football field, and. If you can't be on the field to produce, and they can't find a place where they can use you, you're a premier running back. So where else am I going to put you? I can't go put you at corner. 
I mean, I could, but it's not really productive for me to do that. So if your mainstay is to run the ball, you know, I'm going to have to put you through camp. I'm going to have to see what your numbers look like. I'm going to entertain mm-hmm. the thought of the possibility of having you because it could actually work out for me and for you. It could be a win-win situation all the way around, or it could blow up in our face and you not be as productive. But, you know, the bottom line is Ray has to be willing to take that chance on the team, and that team has to be willing to take that chance on him as well, you know, in order for him to even have any kind of light of day on the field. Because if that doesn't happen, who you know, we may not even see Ray Rice, Ray Rice this season. He may not okay, touch the field until that Ray, can happen. I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to – whether if it was just strictly about production on the field, mm-hmm. I believe they would have invited him in to do exactly what you just said. I believe exactly. the PR hit – I believe the PR hit is the reason why he has not been invited in. Oh, no doubt. It, and because I believe they would have brought him in to see if it was worth their time because they had three teams but have been invited. I, I just I don't know because there there were bigger that oh, no, no 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 Cass, if they if they had a, if they had a brought him in and they discovered that okay you're not that great then I would agree with you 100% because so far they're not even asking him to to lace the shoes up that you're good. They're not, they're not guaranteeing him a spot on the 53-man roster. What they are and saying I think it has is they won't even invite him in. And his numbers, and the reason, and this is why I say that about him, his numbers. That's still a big hit to have Adrian back out on the field. There are people there. The you know the NF, Did you know that like there were some fantasy football teams that have asked a couple people to change the name only because like there were people naming their team the Adrian Petersons and putting him up there with switches. Um, we all you know yes there were. We all know. So I mean, Terrell Owens was was king of. I'm just let me take the mic in the media and tell y'all how terrible Donovan McNabb is. Like he should just go home and put his face in the dirt. Like it's pretty much what Terrell should have said, and that's kind of like what was coming out. Randy Moss wasn't easy to deal with. Warren Sapp wasn't easy to deal with. We don't even. You, they had to send Johnny Manziel to off season rehab camp so he could learn how to act. And all of these people found multiple team homes. Or back to their team, yes, whether they've lost endorsements or not, they put up mm-hmm. numbers, and you just can't risk that. Now, if Ray Rice gets a call to me, it will be when you know when you pick up those people in the middle of the season because, like, half your back got hurt, and you like, I need somebody that knows the game. And you need somebody to come away like, like yes, exactly. I wouldn't doubt the Ray only... Rice call them, but. Now, there so is right one now... aspect that we have. There is uh-huh. one aspect we have not addressed. The only excuse, in my opinion, to not call him in for a workout, the only excuse is if you call him in prior to the season starting and he makes the roster, he is guaranteed a certain amount of money. If he, if you wait until after game one has been played, he will only get paid per game. Now, to me, that is the only excuse to wait. That is the only excuse because if you, it was, I, it was a waste of talent. But if you there. if you make it a pure business decision, then I can say okay, I only want to pay you per game you play. I will wait till week two. Well, not necessarily because because uh, a pure bu- a pure business decision would would mean I don't want the PR nightmare. 
purely uh, speaking well, business. I don't want the PR uh, nightmare, so I'm not going to even entertain the thought of picking you up. Regardless uh, well, of your tell, <laughs> The NFL has players on the field and has had players on the field after murder convictions and manslaughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, know. Man, I know. I know. And, so, and that's why I don't, and I don't and think that, it's the I don't and think that think is, the P, I, and that is why I, I cannot I think accept. It's his numbers. Yeah, it's his numbers, man. It's got to be. I it's mean, his numbers. From the of, you know, since like we said, since he's three point one. When's the last time you saw a premier back? And this is how everybody calls. Yeah. This is how if you go on any website, they say Rice was one of the NFL's premier running backs. How do you as and a premier me, back have three point one rushing yards? That's the last time he was on the field. And uh, I'm not saying. That and I'm not saying that my, – my point is not saying that uh, he has to be your premier back. I am not asking him to do that. He, he can be him a third the 2013 series, The 2013 series, and you were supposed to be the starting all-star back of your team with 15 rushing yards and six carries. Let's go. I am not I am not I am not going to get up <laughs> off this crusade from saying he should be on somebody's roster. <laughs> Well, he probably should be, but, you know, if he, he – He should be, but I don't think you know, right now. I mean, they've got a lot of players to play and move around. Right. So you when know, it comes to that part in the season when you see them pick up somebody for that one year or to finish the season, which we see a lot, I think well, I wouldn't be shocked. When that trade right right deadline yeah, I wouldn't either. I know. I, I, I'm not going to – I am not – my point is still – I'm confident that he will be on somebody's roster at some point this season. My point is he's just not the beginning roster now. Yeah, I'm we'll confident see. he will be on somebody's mm. roster because the Houston I Texans mean. is already the team that that is in desperate need. But I'm not saying that he sh- he should be the desperate need running back. I'm saying he should be on somebody's roster in camp right now, trying to figure out if he mm. should be on the team. Well, I mean, that is my opinion. Mm. That is my opinion. What I you know say, yeah. everybody's got one, but <laughs> that is my opinion. <laughs> I'm a re- I respect it. I, I definitely, I do respect it, but I understand why not. When I could go get some fresh meat or let me see what all of this and, creative. Let's see what you're looking at. You know, I mean, you're looking well, at you, who hasn't been on the field in a while versus people who are, like, like Cash just said, you got free agency. You got the fresh, you got, you got the, you know, fresh the freshman class coming in. Off, yes, sir. If off, I have somebody I can build off right now, I don't have to worry about controversy. Yeah, see, that's the I know thing. what you, I, you know. I understand what they're gonna give me, and I know what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm most as a coach. I'm most prone to go with the to look for the new person because it's something yeah, that you know yeah, it's something right. I'm looking for that I can find. And I'm not even saying this. I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong, but when you go in and get the fresh meat, the rookie, the the second-year player, your desire is to build around them for long-term. Ray Rice, I'm not looking at for wrong, long-term. Ray Rice, I'm looking at for right now. And see that, well, and that's not... You don't get when everybody, when your back goes down, when your starting back goes down and the backup back looks crazy, I go get a right now. Okay, now let me call Ray Rice. And then right. that still goes back to my point why... Why, when Aaron Fo- Arian Foster went down, they went and looked at Pierre Thomas and not Ray Rice. That still is because my point. Pierre Thomas, to at that. that time, at that and time, that's that's now. If you want to get into PR, at that time, 
Yeah, that's what you had to do. And they might a week ago, this was only time. a week ago, though. At, at, at that time, because now everything's clear. Now it's out there. A week later, this man, so he's out there like, yo, I'm ready. Hey, like, what's up? I want to play football. And it's a week later. And we know how fast this game goes, not just on the field, but in the front office, too. They will cut your head. Like, the, right. I think the good team, like, sits right outside of, like, practice. And they'll be like, you come here. All right, you go. I'll put another person out. <laughs> like, I think, I think it's, 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 that's how fast it goes. And so, to make sure, like, they probably have to make a couple calls, like, okay, we need to fill this spot. Y'all sure right. everything's good? Like, did y'all drug test? Like, is he good? But until I know, get this back, I got a person over here that's ready to go. We got exactly. the drugs clean the clean. Because, we because know his health is good. It's still a job. They still got to screen right. you. You got to think about so it from this standpoint. Now, go ahead, Michael. You know, when did when did you know he start his campaign for wanting to come back in the league? Is he just now starting it? Did he start this in the preseason? You know, like last year or over the winter, over the summer? When did he start approaching the NFL about saying, "Hey, I'm ready"? Because if he's just now yeah. doing it preseason, come on, dude, for real, how do you expect anybody to no, want to take he, he, seriously? He had started this campaign. He had started this campaign uh, at the time period of OTAs. It wasn't until it wasn't until uh, Jamel Hill interviewed him that people mm-hmm. actually started paying attention. But he had started this campaign long before that. He had done something similar to to what Adidas did with Derrick Rose of putting YouTube videos out of of him running hard doing his own practices. He started this campaign. The problem is it wasn't until the mothership, a.k.a. ESPN, and Jamel Hill ran a video of an interview of him that people paid attention. But this campaign mm-hmm. is not new by Ray, Ro- Ray Rice and his camp. But, but no. okay, so, so, so but, but there are other things that play them. So, okay, so I'll, I'll give him this. He had, he had a bad season. But I, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad your O line was. Your O line was crap. Because we saw them just put Philip Rivers just lived on the turf. Him and Jack Cutler could probably have conversations about it. But 15 carries, you know, 15 yards, six carries. And then because you're mad at the O line, you just play hurt the rest of the season. I'm, I'm hurt. What's wrong with you? I'm hurt. That's as bad as when Mike Tyson, they was like, he broke my back. And they were like, what you mean? What? Like, he broke your back. What do you mean? I said it was like spinal. Yo, what's wrong with your back? So that's the kind of like him. Like, so you're just going to let your team down because you don't look good, so you don't play hard because there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, okay. I don't want that on my team, and so I have to be forced to take that. And that's when people have to be mindful of their actions. Nobody's asking anybody to be perfect. But you had a garbage season. You let your team down and play hurt. No doubt your old line looked like crap, but you still you didn't even power through that because you didn't want them to hurt you. So you ah oh, my big toe. So you, you no like I started no like until I need you. Ugh, I don't I don't feel like that right now. Like I got players here that are still trying to prove themselves. They got a lot of players to cut before the season starts, and the season is almost here. And so deal with that. At this time, man, it's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't blame a team for not even, you know, taking a look. They might, gla- they might glance at them, but if I have the choice between free agents, trades, and fresh meat, 
I'm really not considering somebody who hasn't been in the game for a while. I just, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me because you've been out for with a while. With those kind of sets. You know, with those kind of sets. You know, and, and, and you know, and, and you have and to take I'm, all, you I have to take all of that into account. I am literally taking that into account. Yeah, you have to take that. When you take those stats into account, if mm-hmm. we're looking at talent level, some of the players that are, some of the running backs that are being looked at just off of pure talent, I'm still looking at Ray Rice before some of the other players. No, and, 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 these running backs have a bad season and decide they were gonna play hurt, so they, they would. And you're gonna and you're gonna tell me that Pierre Thomas hasn't had a bad season. You're gonna tell me that. Uh, but, 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 but no, we're talking about we're talking about having a bad season and playing hurt. See, if you got if you have to right, if, if you if down. if you let your team down because of personal shit, I'm sorry, personal things, personal matters, and I just don't feel like playing today, and I'm mad at my old line. I'm sorry, dude. When you step on the field, your personal stuff does not matter. Right. At that time, it is all right. team. That means okay. you don't get to play off. You don't get to play fake. You want to play fake. And, why, you, why suit up? And because literally, and literally looking at the, his, team that I've been, the team that I've been focusing on, the team that I've been focusing on that did that was the Houston Texans. And they notoriously drafted someone, number one draft pick, that did exactly what you're talking about. Jadavian Clowney was drafted wait, wait, number stop. one. And wait, his... stop. He's, wait, stop. Who, who was it? Jadavian Clowney. He did not play hurt. Uh, Winston Sturgeon. Was, he was. Winston Sturgeon. I'm not talking about last season as a hurt. rookie. No, no, no. I'm not talking about as a rookie he did it. I'm talking about his final season in college. He was we don't care about college. Nobody is getting it. We're not talking about college. college. You're not getting We're not talking about college. We're talking about attitude in the locker room. But we're talking about we're talking about but we're also talking about on the NFL level and we're talking about right. being able to be trusted by no, your no, teammates no. when you step on, on the field. Now if there is and, something and in your that character exact point, that, that exact right, if there's point, something in your character that exact point he's not even two years removed from that. He's not even two years removed from that. And, while and nobody took that into consideration, and he still went as the number one draft pick. Nobody took that into consideration because of his talent. But now there are tons of Jaden and Tiny questions because you best believe he don't produce this year. You know he, you know, right, right, And 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 <laughs> that's the truth of the matter because see, in college that that it doesn't man. Let's be let's be honest. College is very glorified. You know, I've, I'm I'm a witness to it, I, and, and you know it's very glorified. So, all right, so oh uh, well, he played her for a game, but he did all this other stuff. So we'll overlook that. You can do that when they're not cutting you a check. It's your scholarship, but it ain't the same difference, especially on your last year out. Who cares? However, when you step on the field and I'm cutting you this hundred thousand dollars check, five hundred thousand dollars check, twenty million dollar check, or whatever check I'm cutting you, you don't have time to face me. You need to show up, do and, your and, job, and that's and it. I, and I, and I, so your personal stuff doesn't have any place. And so if you have to, you have that. to take that into consideration as part of his history when it comes to him being in the league. And it, it and I agree with you. Part of who he is. So if so, if I I'm, I'm sticking 30, by my choice. If I still have I the choice of new me, 
or, you know, if I still have a choice on my new drafts or my new people or free agency, I'm not going to look Ray Rice because I'd rather see what lies on the horizon for me going this way. And I agree with you on 31 out of 32 teams. I agree. 31 out of 32 teams, I agree with you 100%. 100%. 31 out of 32 teams. All right, so what's the one team we, we leave it out of that one? And that's still, and that's the only thing that I cannot, I cannot accept. When you have your player that you accepted that he did that once with for an entire year, that albeit college to NFL, he did that for a year. Two, you also lost your top running back in Arian Foster. You didn't even bring him in for a workout. I am not saying you even had to sign him. I am not because you, everybody knows on the NFL level you can bring a player in for a workout and decide no, I don't want to sign him. You right. never bring him in for a workout. He's not that getting them. He's not getting them, man. And, and and it's I mean we can speculate on to why you know we of course we're going to have our opinions because we're on the outside looking in as to why he's not getting those. But the only people that really truly know is Ray Rice and the people he's calling and telling him no. You're right about that. You know, and and, and whatever, whatever their reasons I, I, are, they have their reasons. I, I, and I agree with you on that one. They have their reasons. And I still, I still believe talent level, if he was Adrian Peterson talent level, if he was uh, LaShawn McCoy talent level and a short list of other running backs, if he's at that level, we're not having this conversation. We're not. We wouldn't need to. You're right. And we wouldn't need to. We're not. But we're because, not having this but, but because wait a minute, let me, finish, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because he's not. Yeah. He's not. I gotta have a talk about it. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. And because if we're not having that conversation, we're not. Ha- I mean, if he's that at that time level, we're not having this conversation. And that, to me, is proof within itself that it is the PR hit that is stopping them from bringing them in for a workout. Okay. Well, I mean. We're going to see. We're going to see what, what, what fans think when it comes to that one. We, we're going to check that out and see how fans actually feel uh, with that one. But, but you know. So um, we're, we're going to put it there. Here comes, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna here comes the table. topic that I'm looking forward to hear Cass talk about. Is it Michael? I've please? been looking forward to this for the last three hours. Hmm. So Michael Sam had his CFL debut, and now all of a sudden he's putting football down on the table to tackle a few mental issues otherwise. Is he big man or little man? <laughs> you want to go to the NFL, Michael? Michael uh, wants to be in the NFL. Michael feels that he should be in the NFL. He feels he is NFL caliber material. I was very iffy on no, that. No, 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 no,
I thought he was a very, very good player. I thought he was way above average in his college days. I didn't know how that would transition, and I always said that I don't care anything about I, I'm, I don't care about his personal life, who he dates or anything. Can you perform and produce on the field? And you know, he took a PR hit in the draft. He, you know, got an SB for his bravery for for coming out and being openly gay. Dallas picked him up, put him on the practice squad, but he just wasn't cutting it. And that's the only thing you can can go by. So do you guys feel that there is really a mental issue, or do you really believe that he feels he should be an actual NFL, not CFL, not a regular football, no other league, NFL player, and is this the problem? And is he that good? To actually come back to the NFL and make a squad because did he? I'm trying to think. Did he participate in the um the uh when they had a lot of the retirees and oh no, I'm not forgetting any. The veterans combine. Yes. The veterans um, combine. Yeah, he get he was picked up to go to the veterans combine, but yeah, I am not going to allow. I am not going to allow. Miss Cassandra to get her Hannah Storm slash Carrie Champion slash a host of other female moderators on on this question. I want your opinion before Mike and I give ours. Your turn. On 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 the whole on Michael Sam situation. That's the problem. It is a situation. <laughs> that's like, dude, like you can make the cut. You can make it. Like I don't, I don't know whatever combine they're gonna put you in. But he's you know, not the first gay NFL player. He won't be the last gay NFL player openly behind closed doors in the closet on the stream, whatever. Can you perform on the field for these teams the way they're asking you to? And that's no, really all not. it boils down to. You know, I mean, if if as we if it's as we said earlier, the NFL has murderers. The drug users, um, dog abusers, all these, yeah, all these types of people. You know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, exactly. So if you have, you have, you have a league full of all these, you know, uh, different people, all these different situations and all these different quirks because there's so many different personalities and people do crazy stuff or whatever. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day who you go home and say yeah, I love you to or who you go home and sleep with. What it boils down to is when you step on the field or when you step into your job or when you step into whatever you do as a career, as your life choice, can you perform? Can you put, can you put up a shut up? And if you can't make the cut, you just can't make the cut. Now, is that is that something that would be psychologically hard for some people to deal with? Possibly, if this is what you really mm-hmm. feel your life should be like, then yeah, you may have to step away and be like, yeah, maybe I need to do. So, did the media and everybody is... else set him up for failure? Was he set up for failure? I mean, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't think no, he. Was no no one set him up for failure. I'm you know? going to this. This conversation can go into a million directions. I'm going to attack one thing that he has said. I don't believe that he has a love for the game. That is my opinion. He has zero love for the game. And the reason why I say he has he no love for the game, he will play. Uh, when, you have a love for, 
when you have a love for the game, if you don't make an NFL team, you go to the Arena League. You, you know, go to the CFL. Yeah. You go to semi-pro. You, know, you, you go play. wherever you got to be. You play. You go wherever you, you got to be to play. play you switch and play, you switch and play rugby if you have to. If you have a love for the game, you make it happen. So for him to say, I got a love for the game, and then have his excuse that I should be on the NFL roster, that's a bunch of crap. You that's don't a bunch have a love for the game because when you have a love for the game, you're going to play football some way, somehow. And I can and I can attest this because when I walked away from college, I walked away because I was done. I didn't have love for the game like that anymore. I didn't want to pursue right. it like that. I didn't want to go play in the NFL. I didn't want to go play in the CFL. I didn't want to go play a league arena league. I didn't want to do none of that. You right. know, because I, I had had game. my feel of it. You know, at that point for me physically, you know, immensely we're playing now. If you had just said, if he had to come out and say, I lost the love for the game, I would respect that. But he's trying to claim I have a love for the game. No, you don't. No, you you just want to play in the NFL. Yeah, and that's it. Right. And you're not, there's a difference. And you're not making the cut. Dude, it's. Wow, there's a difference. It all boils down to numbers. You know, and, and and especially when you talk about being productive in, in a competitive field such as a sport, a professional sports, you know, and if you can't make it, you just can't make it. That's no excuse for you to be like, well, I just want to quit and take some time off because it's mentally, you know, I'm just going through a lot of things. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, we all, but we all go through, we all go through mentally challenging things and we all have things that we have to deal with. And no, it's not always like we want it to look like. And that's just part of life. But you either adjust and you keep moving and you say, I'm going to still stick this out and play no matter what. Or you just say, I'm going to go ahead and walk away from this and I'm going to call it a day. And most people don't walk away and say, I need to take some time off. This, mm, right. You know, I want a sabbatical. I, I'm going to just take me a leave of absence from football for a while. I'm going to go over here and fish and kick. But it. I'll be back. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, let's, let me, you, 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 know, you want the well, glory of what? comes with the NFL. It was NFL. Yeah. Because a lot of these players just football or bust. And, and yeah, you know, and, and they have a chance to go see. And I, I totally agree, Mike. They have a chance to go over. You know, and, and there's so many. You go There's so many. There you go. I mean, Terry Johnson did it. Terry Johnson. I got it. I have a bunch of friends who play, you know, who didn't play in the NFL, but they played arena ball and they excelled at it, you know, because they wanted to play football. No matter what, they want to play football. If Michael Sam wanted to play football, no matter what, he would be playing football. Period. Unless no, and I, that's why I, silly nannies, then then you might not want to play football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you might want to go ahead and leave off. But you know, I agree but, with Mike. You know, but, you know, if, if he wanted to play and he, if he really wanted to do it. You know, he'd be doing it. He wouldn't make an excuse. You know, either that he just walk away from it completely. Those are really the only choices you got, unless you're on a physical injury or unless you find yourself in some type of Ray Rice type of situation or somebody else's situation where like that, where you kind of don't have a choice but to sit out for a while, then okay. But if you just say, hmm, I'm just going to put down my cleats and, you know, I have some mental issues I have to deal with and, you know, and then I have to adjust my life, which, okay. So in other words, you're not gonna play no more. Cause that's all. That's all I hear. You're just not gonna play no more. You just it was a little bit harder than you expected. 
you know, and, and nothing against people who want to tell their personal business on to the world and, you know, broadcast what they yeah, do as, in their personal yeah, life. I don't have, I don't really care what you do if that's what you want to do. Spread the good news of how you live your life. But <laughs> if that's, but at the same time, if, if it, in the world that we live in, in our society, where that's kind of unfortunately still kind of looked upon, they take into effect that they, they are going to take into effect that he was the first person to come out and this is what happened. It's going to happen because that's that's what he attached to himself. That's what he came out as and that's how he wants to be, you know, and that's related to who he is as a football player instead of it just being, this is Michael Sam, the football player. Right. It's, 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 so he's created a situation that. Okay. So we we'll, we'll see. We shall see. It'll be interesting. We'll be back. You know, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be like you know, he'll be like Ray Rice. We called. He might get called in the middle of the season. Hey, we need you. Right. Okay, you cool. Know. You know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but I guess I guess if he gets that call, his mental issues will be gone. Hey, it might be. I don't. I don't really see what you know, unless there's some physically mental issues he's dealing with, you know that, or you know, physiological. Then that's totally different. Other than you know, like this is not what I thought it was going to be, and I was hoping that it would turn out differently. And now I have to mentally go reassess my life, you know, which I hope is not. You know, if he, if it's a serious issue, I hope he's getting help and he's getting it resolved. But if he just, if it's just, uh, you know, this has been really hard for me to deal with this, and I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I'm now concerned with my mental health, and I think for, I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to play in the CFL, but it's really not what I want to do, you know. And that's really what you're saying is you don't want to play in the mm-hmm. CFL, you yeah, want to go play yeah. in the league. You want to be known at home. And maybe you'll get picked you up. Maybe, you know, keep, you keep your publicist and your manager and your agent around, see if they can push you. The CFL film probably would have helped you, but, you know, you just don't worry about that. Thing. Go home. No, we should see. Well, I think we have. Have we touched on every single thing? I believe Mike? we have. Mike? I believe we've tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been this has been fun. This was a great way to bring football fans radio back. Oh my god, it's so awesome to have all three of us. The last, the the great opinions, great facts. So we just got another week of football coming up. So we are going to see how things turn out, and hopefully, hey, Mike, this is for you. Guess what we haven't seen a lot of besides um, in locker room brawls? Uh, no, no, you didn't get it? You didn't get it? Uh, have no friggin' idea. Injuries. Remember the last two, three years? How many oh, yeah. injuries yeah. there By were? Time, we had yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We wait still, a minute, it's still early. Let's not let's not jump right. But, but, but even but even before but even before go ahead, Mike. Yeah, even before preseason there were a lot of injuries around this time last uh, year. We had we had a lot of injuries because of people people not knowing how their their bodies would react to less practice. Yes, it's been a full season, but it is still my opinion. We need two a days back. <laughs> We need we need literally 
And my biggest problem with that, yes, injuries were bad for the league. But my biggest problem with it was now with the the limited number of padded practices, the zero two-a-days that we have, what it really does is, one, yes, it, it, it changes the injury factor, but what it changes also is the the quality on the field in week one, two, and three. I because totally agree with you. The, because we used to have two-a-days, because we used to have padded practices almost every day, what it really did for us in those time periods, it increased the quality of football in weeks mm-hmm. one, two, and three. It is not until week four we see good football. Oh, I that think it might change difference. this year. I think it might change. It, it might I, get I, a little bit. It, it might two. get incrementally better. It might get incrementally better because, yes, once you have a drastic change in previous years because of the new collective bargaining agreement, bodies have to react. But I still believe the quality of football on week one will be that much better. The, I'm not saying that it wasn't a, it's not an even playing field because it is an even playing field because 32 teams are going to be playing crappy for three weeks. So we will have competitive well, football. I think that I don't know. You know, I, I do agree that you know, like I said, having come from that background and doing the two a days and stuff, you know, I do understand what you're talking about as far as being able to really get your team, you know, get your scheme to sink in because you're hit, you're going over it more than just once a day. So you can you I'm can not apply talking it. About I'm not talking about brain aspect of it. I think, yes, you can have more classes and you get your scheme and, and your muscle memory will kick in. That is great. I'm also one of the best things about two-a-days and one of the best things about padded practices is conditioning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Conditioning. Conditioning. Definitely. Conditioning. They won't have their, quote-unquote, their sea legs, their football legs. Until right about because the, their yeah. Until after yeah. a few weeks. Yeah, well, that, and that's because they're getting all that time that they normally would have gotten during two days and during the season. Right. All that you shouldn't time, that's yeah, that's the game time, and that's the you know, and so it's going to take. We them, shouldn't like, be waiting for the regular season to get that in. That should yeah. have been. Uh, I'm not saying that we need people uh, dying on the sidelines because of dehydration. I'm not yeah. saying that if it's 100 degrees outside that we shouldn't use common sense and reduce practice and have practice at night. I'm not saying don't use common sense. But I'm also, but I am saying is just because one extreme wasn't working, go to the other extreme. And that's what I feel like the players uh, bargained for in this collective bargain agreement. They went from one extreme to a lot, too much practice to too little practice. A happy medium is what I believe we should be somewhere in there. Use common sense. And the problem was they weren't using common sense. It was 2,000 degrees outside, and they were wearing full, fully padded practice and not giving them no water. Yes, people are going to die. People are going to get sick in that situation. Oh, no, they, no, they, they give, they, no, they give them water. water. They don't, don't think no, that they give them. They have to. I know you choose this to, to go with the extreme here, but – you know, you have to have water, but at the same time, you know, I, 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 you know, I would come on, y'all know I went to school in Vegas, you know, so I know what it's like to be out there with 110 degrees and you got on full equipment. I know what it's like mm-hmm. to to be so dehydrated that both your legs cramp up and and you, the lower part of your stomach cramps up along with it. I know how all of that feels, you know. So, but that's more and- a precautionary thing than it is 
have them 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 practice. You know, and a lot of that is not just on the responsibility of the coach, but it's also the responsibility of the player and the trainers, you know, and everybody else is there, who's there. Now, with, with, can can this go either way as far as performing goes? That's really going to be the tell. I don't, you know, I I can't say it that they may not get their sea legs until you know midway through the season or until the first game or second 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 you know second week of the season, you know. But with the opportunity for less um, injuries and the opportunity for more rest, you know, at this point at, in their career and in the, at this point in business, you can really make it safer. We don't necessarily need that many practices. You can know this stuff if you don't. You know, either come here in shape or you don't. And 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 go and uh, and that's that seems to where they may be taking their lead from, you know, in their approach to the collective bargaining agreement and saying, all right, well, cool, we'll do that. Just give us one less practice. We don't have to do two days. You know, you got more time to, you know, if you have an injury, you got more time to deal on it. If you want to work out, you got more time to do that. You know, because trust me, man, when you go on through two days and you sitting there and you and you got practice in the morning and then most likely practice at some time in the ungodly afternoon when it's hot as heck outside, you know, and then well, the, last, the last time I went through a two a day was in high school, but I did have high school two a days, and I know high school two a days and college two a days and NFL two a days are going to be at different levels. I know oh yeah, they are yeah, you know so. And, and I did two a days. I did two a days in track. I did two a days in cross country. The best thing about actually practicing and practicing right is conditioning. Yeah, that is the best because you have less cramping up during during games if your body is conditioned well. And one of the things that I did notice last season, and it is we won't notice until this season happens. Too many times players mm-hmm. were cramping up early in the season, and this is during the season. If your if your body has been conditioned pr- properly, but, you're not going to cramp up during a game. Right, but the, but the but the key word what happened yet. The key word there is your body, which means it's your responsibility to make sure you're conditioned, which means that at some point when they went in for that collective bargaining agreement, they took upon the responsibility of making sure they're conditioned properly. And so if, they, I, if, I, if I accept that as I understand the players wanted to take on some of their own responsibility, yeah. and I get that. I, some of the players, I get that, and some of them understand, like your Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, the king of running a hill, stealing the idea from Walter Payton and running up the hill. He was going to be in shape. But the reality is – Most people aren't fans, that way. <laughs> well, no, not even just that. Not even just that, because that's if I want to go deeper. Most people aren't that way. But even before I get that far, as a fan – if I'm going to pay an ungodly price for a $120 ticket, I want the team to make sure that he's in shape. I'm, I don't want the team to leave that up to the player. I want the team to make sure he's in shape. And the collective bargaining agreement has taken it away from the team being being allowed to make sure he's in shape. That was their choice. Yeah, I understand. But, like, and – and being a fan, you and I are live in Chicago, and we're fans of the Bears, and the Bears are the second most expensive ticket in the NFL. Which is why I don't go to the I am game. sorry. If I want to pay $120 for a ticket, I want my team to look good. I want my players to be conditioned. So for me to say 
I want them to go through two a days, or even not even two a days, but padded practices every day. Because one of the things about padded practices that people that have never played the game of football, pads are not always about being able to hit. Padded practices also show your conditioning of of, of sweating during a game. Oh the yeah, you, running, weight yeah, of running to, with all of that stuff on you. you gotta have so, all that stuff. So many people think padded practices are just about hitting the player next to you. No, that helmet weighs a lot. Those pads weigh a lot. Those those things on your leg, if you're not a wide receiver, you have on real tie pads. And that stuff changed. And I, and I remember the first time I left track and I put on football equipment, I felt like I was running in quicksand because I could not believe how heavy all of that stuff was going to be. Yeah. And it's not heavy when you're running in it if you're used to it. But it does change the factor of how fast you are. Because mm-hmm. imagine, imagine if they ran 40-yard dashes in the, at the combine and fully padded. How much slower those <laughs> times would be. Yeah, that... Imagine if, they were com- if they're not out of the blocks, if they're coming out of three-point and two-point stance. So when it comes to things like that, I am not accepting of, oh, no, we have not seen many injuries. Like I said, it's only first of all, it's only been one week. Second of all, we have seen some injuries. We just haven't seen as many. And my biggest thing was not always the injury factor. The injury factor did affect it, but the conditioning factor and the quality of play on the field it, is a bigger thing. Yes, I'm happy that there are less injuries. I am extremely happy that there are less injuries. If for no other reason, then I don't want nobody, no player to have to go through an injury. But as a fan of the sport... I want to see quality play on the field. All right. And I agree well, with you. I, let's see what we get in actual regular regulation season, week one of week. So I think it's going to be a little different. See, I think it's going to be a little a little different. So this has been, like, super fun. Like, oh, we should do almost two hours every week. But we are wrapping up our podcast side of Football Fan Rush Radio, so tune in next Sunday. We will be back on our regular schedule time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. So check us out. Join us. We'll have a lot more laughs, a lot more opinions, a lot more fun, and a lot more preseason updates. So this is Karen yes, signing out. And this is Mike. Go. <laughs> and listen, Mike, Mike uh, we'll talk to you later and have more rants ready for next week. All right. Have a good one, you all. Bye, guys.